Hello and welcome to the Beyond Resilience Life podcast, a show about life adversity, how to overcome it and transform your life. This is your host, Dr. Lidiana Garcia, a licensed psychologist in Los Angeles, California. And even though my hope is to deliver information that can be helpful for you to overcome adversity and transform your life, it is not meant to be a substitute for being diagnosed and treated by a licensed mental health, medical, and related professional. Season 1, Episode 11. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to episode number 11. 11 is such a special number for me, and I'm so excited to follow my intuition and do this episode based on transgenerational trauma and also to guide you through an experiential meaning exercise that you can either think out loud or if this will be a great one to have a journal or a notebook near you so you can write down some of the answers. And what I'm going to do today is going to be first, I'm going to talk briefly about my conceptualization or the way I conceptualize or see transgenerational trauma. And then I'm going to guide you through some exploration questions to help you figure out or get more attuned with how that looks like for you and some action steps or some things that you can actually do. And this will be a good time to just review that if you're listening to this episode, there could be some triggers about it because as I'm asking the questions, I don't know what's going to come for you. And a lot of times when we're doing exploratory questions, things can come up that you might not be aware or you were not expecting. So just make sure that if you're hearing and all these kind of things that you were not necessarily aware just to please practice those skills that I just discussed in episode seven and eight, depending on the language that you speak, or if you're listening to both, those skills will be helpful. The grounding skills, the resourcing, and and those kind of things. So have those things handy or just think about anything that is helpful and know that these questions might bring some things into the surface. So I want to give that trigger announcement and, you know, to be cautious and take care of yourself. This is not an episode that you want to listen or ask questions about it. This is just one of those that you can skip forward. Okay, so let's start. So how do I define transgenerational trauma? The way that I define it is the transmission of trauma. And remember how we've been defining what it means. So it's anything that got the nervous system activated or even shut down because it was too much or too little for too long and is currently impacting perhaps one of your way of thinking, the way that you're behaving, or just in general in your functioning. But it could be anything. It doesn't have to be something like a huge, big trauma. That could also be, I mean, of course they exist, but it could also just be like experiences in childhood, and maybe you were always told no, and that triggers you when you hear a no, or you feel like rejected and all those kind of things. So in general, is what's been passed on that can actually activate or shut down your nervous system and take you into either a mobilized response, which meaning is that fight or flight, or that immobilized response, which is more that shutdown. So that's how I see it. And many people ask, how does that get passed on? And it's very interesting. The three ways that I'm going to focus today or that I'm going to talk about is the following. The first one is the in utero 
exposure. And this one is very basic. There's even a lot of information about how being in utero, that there's a lot of exposure. That's why a lot of you know, pregnant women have to go through all these different checkups and be very aware of what they put in their body, what they eat, you're not supposed to eat raw food and all this kind of stuff or alcohol or drugs because you're protecting because the baby in the uro. So at the same time, while being pregnant, if the person, the mother, it's going through a lot and is going through trauma, physical, emotional, any kind of trauma, that can also be passed on. There's been research that shows how the levels of cortisol can actually pass through the placentas, which is very interesting. And at the same time, it can be very eye-opening. So that's one of the ways. The other way that I'm going to talk or just mention is through the genes. And this is passed on. There's many different ways of seeing it. And like I mentioned, I'm going to have another episode later on in the following seasons going more in depth about this, because I think this whole topic of genes and epigenetics is so important to understand. But I would like to have an expert talk about those things. So how I see it is just the gene that the combination of your biological mother and father and how that is passed on through generation and generation. And those genes not only control or not control, but like, yeah, well, in a way, those genes kind of determine the color of your skin, the color of your eyes, but it can also determine some other kind of things like the way you react to things. And also you can be more predisposed to mental health diagnosis or just in general, like to anxiety or more depression. So there's still also a lot in the work about research about that. So that's the second way. And the third way is just environmental. Because if you're in a family that somebody experienced some kind of trauma, they will most likely be having some consequences. And that consequence most likely will be impacting the home. Many people think like, let's say somebody died in the family. And a lot of the times the adults think the children don't understand. And they might not be able to understand, depending on their age, the concept of death. But they are seeing the parents struggling or their parents holding their emotions or the parents not sleeping well or not eating well, all those kind of things. Like children are very intuitive in that sense because they're still more like reading everyone through that nonverbal and things can be very concrete. So even though the parent might think, oh, they're not noticing or they might not understand, the children most likely know that there's something wrong. And one of the things that is really sad about that or you know, just to be aware is a lot of times and the children interpret those things as if it was their fault. They usually go like, some, I did something wrong. So that's why, you know, that's my third one, which is the environmental. And I know I mentioned like more of the home, but it could also just be through all the kind of things like culture and rituals that you guys do or stuff like that. But let me recap. So the first one is in utero exposure. The second one is the genes. And the third one is environmental. Okay, so those are the three ways that the um, trauma can be passed on. But I also want to bring that not only trauma, but I also want to remind you that we also get through those three different ways, we also are getting resiliency and we're getting these great skills that make us so and wisdom that we can actually tap into. And through the experiential today or the exercise and the questions, I'm also going to be asking and helping you guide you to that process of also seeing what's the lesson behind it or what are some of the takeaways or the wisdom that is passed on through your ancestors because there's a lot of that as well. 
Then I want to give you guys two examples. So that way, if you're still like, kind of like, what does this mean about me or how can I relate? So I'm going to give you two examples. First, I'm going to start with what could be considered transgenerational trauma pattern that got passed on in my family. And I'm going to focus on the catastrophizing anxiety, which I know so many people can be like this part of the culture of the Latino in any way. And in my family, my maternal grandmother, she was very anxious about many things. Like there was one time that I was in college and I was leaving away from my hometown, like 45 minutes away. And it was a weekday and she called me and I was in the middle of the class and I went out to get the call and she's like, are you okay? And I'm like, what do you mean? I'm in a class. And she's like, oh my God, there was an accident with the red car <laughs> because my red car at that time was red. And I'm like, grandma, I am super far away. I'm at school. I'm fine. But it's this whole aspect of whenever, you know, she would see an accident or something, she would catastrophize or think that it was someone that she knew, somebody that she loved. And that got passed on to me. Like, it's one of the things that sometimes I see an ambulance and I'm like, where's my husband? Or where's my kid or something and my brain usually goes into that to the catastrophizing like the worst is happening or the worst is, is about to happen and it's something that I'm definitely working through first regulating myself and recognizing that it's a pattern that just activates my nervous system and makes me kind of like really into that flight mode so I get like shaky or nervous so by regulating myself and many times what works for me is in that moment to ground myself and then when I'm grounded through physical aspects like pressing my feet in the ground touching something around me and then I start talking to myself so that self-talk when the prefrontal cortex or the thought are able to come back then I'm able to talk to myself like you're okay it's not that you don't know anything yet and that tends to help me and on the other side, because I think it's super important, I know on this season I've been focusing about defining trauma a lot. And the reason I'm doing that is because I feel like I wanted to lay the foundation before we go into that really fun other aspect. But the other side would be in terms of a resiliency factor that was passed on to me. And I would say is the persistence of knowing that if you put in the work, you will get something. And I'm so glad that my two grandmothers paved the way. They both got an education in very different times in terms of like my grandma did it while she had all her children. My maternal one did it before she had the children. But it was still a struggle because they were both coming from very poor kind of families and all those kind of things. So knowing that my grandmothers were able to do it and in a time that a bachelor's degree was considered probably a doctorate and you did not necessarily need it. They were both teachers. It was something that for me was very inspiring and in knowing that they were able to do it so I could do it. And then my dad and my mom also, both of them got an education and that also helped me believe that if I would put in the work that I was able to do it. So I was privileged enough and I got that ancestral kind of resiliency of knowing that if I would go to school and put in the work that I was able to do it. And when I went to school to get my PhD, I knew that if I would do the work, I would graduate. I did not have any doubt that I was not because I had those models in my life. And not only I had my actual lineage, my grandparents, my parents, but also my aunts and my uncles and my cousins were also in that same, which really provided that support system and knowing 
that as a generation, we're going to get our education and we're going to do what we want in terms of our goals. And that was really, really helpful. So I also want to bring that because I know that if they would have not done that, it would have been so much harder or it would have been probably, probably I would not be here. Like probably I would not be doing this podcast about all of this or I would have not obtained my education. So also to think about the other side. So we get passed on traumas, but we also get passed on all this resiliency, wisdoms, and, and awesomeness. Okay. The other thing I wanted to talk about was in terms of what is the result. I mean, to start the exercise, I'm going to focus on in terms of the trauma that is passed on through generations is how it, because people might be like, I don't have anything that does not happen to me. Or maybe, yeah, you had the anxiety or this, but I cannot find anything or I'm, I don't know. And through the exercise, hopefully you'll get more clearance. But before we go there, I wanted to say that some of the things that transgenerational trauma can impact is through your thoughts. Like if you have this recurrent thought, remember like my catastrophizing thoughts, those could be things that are passed on. It could also be through experiencing like some very similar feelings, patterns in your life. So people go like, nothing ever goes well to me or stuff like that. It would be interesting to know if that's the same thought patterns or feelings that some of your ancestors felt. And if we really go back, and I think one of the ones that really touched me is that hustle mentality that I'm trying to work through because even though it's, some, and I've mentioned this before, but even though it's something that people admire and it can be looked in this culture, I think it's also a pattern that was passed on because of the colonization and the slavery background that I have in my ancestors and how that keep on going, keep on going, even though it could be seen as resiliency, it could also be based on a fear of survival. And that's when it gets tricky because sometimes some resiliency factors, even when I mentioned the persistence of going to school and knowing that in that time, probably it really took a lot of, especially for my grandmothers, it probably took a lot of like, this is what I need to do in order to not leave the same life. And probably it was a super hustling, especially for my paternal grandmother that she was doing while having, she had four children. So that must have been super, super hard. Okay, I think we're getting ready to do the exercise. So this will be a time that if you have a notebook near you, you can grab it and bring it back or you can just pause the podcast. And the other thing that it could be that you can just listen to the questions and answer them out loud. And then you can go back and just journal or just know that this is an episode that you can go back and listen again. Okay. So here's how it will be. I'll be asking several questions and I'll pause in between them for just some little seconds in between. But again, you can just pause it or you can just think out loud. And, and that way, hopefully, again, it brings some awareness into what's going on. So the first question or reflection that I think it will be helpful for you is to start thinking in the different areas of your life. And when I say the different areas, think about your vocational slash service area, your spiritual life or not friends and supportive network, health, financial, and the mental and creativity. So try to think of all those seven areas of your life or in general, if you have any other that come into your mind and reflect on how are you doing in those seven areas or what pops up in your head. If there's anything that takes your attention on any of them, like 
which one and how you're doing in it. So the second question is, what are some of the common themes of thoughts, behaviors, or patterns in the areas that you were reflecting on? And when I say common themes, I'm thinking about negative thoughts, or if you want to focus on the positive, then it would be like those thoughts that you can do things. But if you are thinking more of the traumas, it would be like stuff like I'm not good enough and those kind of related thoughts. Question number three is, when you think of your ancestors, did anyone have any similar experience? And if so, please describe it. Maybe think about those ancestors and did they have those same or similar thoughts, behaviors, or patterns in their life? The other question is, question number four is, what are some of the negative thoughts they might have had? What about you? And I'm going to read some overview of some of the general negative thoughts that many people have, and maybe this could be helpful. So I'm going to start with the category of responsibility. And this would have been like something like, I should have known better. I should have done something. I am to blame. The other category is the safety, like I cannot trust myself, I cannot trust anyone, I am not safe, I cannot show my emotions. The other category is about choice, so like I am not in control, I am weak, I have no options, I have to be perfect or please everyone. The other category is about power, I cannot get what I want, I cannot succeed. I cannot stand up for myself. I feel powerless or helpless. And the other area category is about value. I am not good enough. I am a bad person. I am worthless or inadequate. I am stupid. I do not belong. I am a failure. My body is ugly. So from those categories and thoughts, did any of those resonate with you? And if so, just bring that back into your awareness. And many of you might say, like many. Question number five. What has been the consequence of having these thoughts in your overall life? What about currently? Like how are those thoughts impacting your present? And how about your future? How are they impacting your future. Question number six is, what keeps these thoughts present? And what I mean with that is, how are they getting fed? What are some of the things that probably you do and then you justify it or the justifications that you have? What about your sensation? What keeps this sensation here? And when I say sensations, I mean the body. Like if there's any sensation in your body or like maybe, for example, like feeling agitated or like shaky or any like that or numb, what do you think is keeping those sensations? And what about the emotions? What are some of the emotions that you feel like are happening? And what is keeping them there? What is feeding into them? Question number seven is, 
what are some of the gains or benefits by keeping this thought? And this one is a tricky one because you might go like, I want these thoughts out. But a lot of time, if you keep having the same thoughts, there's usually some kind of benefit, even if the benefit is that you think by keeping those thoughts, by playing small, for example, will keep you safe. That is something worth it. Like if you really think like if you would not have those thoughts, then you're in danger, then you will keep those thoughts. Question number eight, what are the fears related to letting go of this pattern or of these thoughts? And like I said, that example of maybe that you will die or that you will take risks or people will reject you, like what are some of the fears related of letting it go? Question number nine, how would you know if you were not functioning based on that pattern like if that pattern was not controlling your everyday life or the specific things that is controlling it how would you know what would be different how would your life be different what would be some new thoughts that you might have or some new things that you would be doing okay so those are the nine questions of help you hopefully to explore some of the things in your life. And the other piece that I would say as question number 10 to bring it as a close of that first part would be to explore and try to know about your ancestors. If there's anyone in your family that you can ask or just by looking at pictures if there's any. But like trying to get information could be helpful or even stories about someone that knew them. Because I know a lot of you might go like, but I don't know, like what if I don't know my biological parents or or something like that and what I would say is, is to when you do this exercise try to trust that if something is coming to your intuition telling you like this is a pattern that got passed on and you might not have any fact to prove it but if you feel it in your gut and it's not the fear talking it's more like that intuition of that inner knowing then trust it The second step or stage of this journaling or exploration journey that we're taking together is about who would you be without the pattern? And I know we talk about like what would be different, but who would you be? And by doing this, it would be great if you can just choose one pattern at a time. Otherwise, it could be a lot. But if you choose one, who would you be different? What would you do different? What would you have? What emotions would you feel? And what new thoughts or cognitions would you have as a result of not having that pattern? And the third stage, then it would be, as you think of your ancestors and the patterns that you were just working on or that you were able to identify, also like shifting the conversation into how did they pave your way? And what I mean with that is the sacrifices that they did. How did that help to, if so, right now? And if I bring into, I kind of mentioned my grandmothers taking that sacrifice of going to school during a time that it was super, super hard, really paved our way of then also they gave their children the opportunity of education and my parents did it. And by the third generation, which it was me, 
it was much easier for me to believe that I was able to do it and also to know that I had the resources. If my grandmothers would not have done it, probably would have been much harder. So that's just my example. But think about your ancestors and how did they pave your way? Any lessons that this situation has taught you? Like by reflecting on this pattern, reflecting on your ancestors, did any lesson or any source of wisdom came to you? If you would be seeing the situation in a different way, how would you see it? And how are you paving the way to others? And sometimes we focus only on our family, but also think here in the grander scheme. So how are you paving the way to future generations, to future people like you? Like in my case, to future Latinas living in the U.S. Or just in my case, to future Latinx. So how are you paving the way? And that is the last question, part of this exercise. So now, as you're shifting back your attention to the present, what I would like to say is, if nothing came, it's okay. And if a lot of things came to you, and you're feeling somewhat dysregulated, again, this would be a good time to practice the skills that I said in episodes seven and eight. But just in general, right now, even by grounding, coming back to the present can be really helpful. And then also knowing that by starting to reflect on your ancestors and the patterns that they're passing on to you, and also like trying to figure out ways of seeing the situation differently, can open that portal or that new area that now your reticular activating system, that area of your brain that now is like paying attention to things, might bring more into awareness, those kind of things. So just know that in case you keep reflecting or you're having dreams or any like that happens, which it could or it could not, just know that it's part of that, that you open that door of exploring and having those reflections. So that is it for the exploratory exercises and your questions and I hope this was helpful. Please let me know if you guys have any questions about it. And also know that if nothing came, you can kind of re-listen to it or you can write it down. And let's see if that happens. Because sometimes through writing or just thinking out loud, those things can kind of help. So thanks for listening. I'm so happy that you're joining me in this journey because it's new to me as well. And I wish you the best. Until next episode, take care. Thank you so much for listening to the Beyond Resilience Life podcast. I'm so happy to have you here. If you like this episode, please make sure to review it and comment on it and share it with your friends and family. Until next time.